0: Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. This is a special bonus episode of the podcast with designer and illustrator Clark Orr. We sat down and recorded this live in front of 700 people from the stage at Creative South last week. Clark is based out of Orlando and has worked with brands like Johnny Cupcakes, Benny Good, and Metallica. We talk about how skateboarding and punk music influenced his design early on, designing for popular apparel brands, creating work-life balance, and what the future holds for him. It was an amazing experience, a ton of fun, and a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Thanks for being here.
0: So in case you all didn't know, Creative South has a podcast, Um, this is it, and uh, this is a lot different than my uh, normal setting of recording, where I am literally in my laundry room, going through Skype and talking to people, so all of my guests get a wonderful view. So we'll, um, we'll kick it off real quick,
1: and yeah. Clark, thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is cool. This is like, it's weird because it's a conversation in front of people, so it's like comedians in cars getting coffee, Fair but it's you. like designers on stage getting nervous, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but I don't know, but it's cool. Thanks for being here.
0: So if I just like pass out in the middle of it, just somebody throw some water on me, <laughs> yeah. we, we'll get back we up. Hopefully I remember what question we asked. Yeah. So, I, I pretty much start every show by asking, where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up in a little town uh, in Florida called DeLand between Daytona Beach and Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I represent, we got Orlando, I'm sure everybody knows now, Orlando makes up half of Creative South. <laughs> So uh, represent, uh, thanks to the Florida crew for being here, but like all, like half the crowd has passed Orlando on their way to go to the beach, and so yeah, they've heard of it.
0: Or that other place that's near Orlando.
1: Yeah. The, What's it the, called? The, the, or Disney Orlando. So, no, Universal know. Studios. Okay. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we uh, and raising to land. Uh, I now we live in Orlando, Florida. Um, mm. So Yeah. Cool.
0: So what type of kid were you growing up?
1: Oh, uh, my parents would give you a completely different story, I'm sure, but <laughs> I uh, i guess I was a pretty quiet kid, um, interested in a lot of different things, mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. Grew up playing baseball with my, my brother. My dad was our coach. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, I, I, I always would draw but nothing like oh I, I'm gonna grow up to do this, you know what I mean? So yeah pretty chill little kid I guess.
0: So how did you get your start in art?
1: Uh, well, I guess the, the quick and easy answer is, is uh, I grew up my, my dad's a sign painter mm-hmm. so I grew up in a working in his shop so I was exposed to, to graphic design at an early age which we, we just called it sign painting it wasn't graphic <laughs> design, you know. So now now like kind of looking back on it um, i was I was surrounded by layouts and and graphics and typography, and it it never really hit me till, till I got interested in graphic design, which was, was about high school sure so
0: so, after high school, did you go to college?
1: I did, yeah. Well, I, I started, uh, I took a, a graphic design class in high school, mm-hmm. and I, I did, again, I didn't really know what graphic design was, so I, so I took the class, and we had Photoshop, and you could like blur an image, and it took like five minutes to load, and it didn't even blur it, so. pre ball days, even. Yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, yeah, so I, in high school, I, I got, you know, familiar with, with programs and stuff, and and honestly, like, hit the ground running pretty quick into design, so I was designing flyers and logos like pr- like pretty early on, cool. so like 2000, 2001, so.
0: Cool, so when you were doing that, and then you, I know we talked before this, that you, you went to University of North Florida.
1: Right? Yeah, I went to UNF, where's my, there's like, yeah! Those three in the front that I know um, we, uh, which i didn't know them uh, at the time they were a, a year older than me, but uh, yeah, I went there because my brother went to u n f and they had a you know small like up and coming um, design department with some really great teachers and designers um, so when I was kind of a part of part of that class I uh I was a little more advanced I guess you could say than most of the other students because I'd been doing it for for a couple years and I'd already been freelancing at that time sure so uh so it's pretty cool like having like kind of a friendship with the the teachers instead of the like you know the teacher yeah yeah. exactly so it was pretty cool so
0: awesome so like you said you were free you were freelancing during that time um what was kind of the first thing you remember? putting out
1: Yeah, I I can't even remember. It was maybe like a shirt for like a church or something like like a logo for like an event. Maybe mm-hmm. like a flyer. Definitely did a lot of like flyers and brochures and um logos for sure that was that's that was the easy thing to do so like logos for like friends like let oh, start a skate skateboard company it's like no you're not but I'll do the logo for it yeah you know, anyway, so. <laughs> I,
0: I think a lot of us got our start that way yeah so yeah. I know you know you mentioned skateboard company and I know punk music is a big thing to you yeah. Did that kind of help influence your uh, design style
1: yeah it did because I, I they both kind of happened at the same time so around the time I started in, in high school when I started getting into graphic design and looking at logos from a different perspective Mm -hmm. I also got into you know punk rock and hardcore so I started going to punk shows sure and of course, the punk shows, there's flyers and there's posters. Growing up in Orlando, we had some awesome designers and illustrators, Thomas Scott, who's I know Noise, Lure. There's just a, just a ton of great artists doing really cool gig posters. And that was like the the beginning of kind of the gigposters.com. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was how you posted artwork, you know, in the early 2000s, so it wasn't as easy we, now we have you know behance and cargo collective and squarespace you, anybody can get a portfolio sure up, you know by the end of this podcast but before there wasn't a whole lot of that so i would go to these shows and like look up at a poster for a band i didn't know and then i'd go research it and then find the artist that did it and then i got real like way into that so that was almost kind of uh, between doing the logos It was like okay now i want to do a band poster and like a band t-shirt so, so yeah
0: gotcha so when you got out of school you you know, you've been freelancing for a while. What did you end up doing then? Uh,
1: well, all the while. It, it was funny because I, I was basically paying my rent through freelance in in college, so my junior and senior year, uh, which is, is pretty rare. I mean, it may not be as, as rare now. For whatever reason, it seems like it's more rare back then. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was working with uh, bands doing band t-shirts. And um, I'd met a guy starting a t-shirt company at the time, so I was working with him as well. So I was kind of doing, you know, small-time freelance to, to kind of work in my way up. So my, my senior year, I got in at an ad agency in Jacksonville and interned there for a couple months. And the, the day before I graduated, they sat me down and were like, hey, we want to offer you a job. You want $20,000? You know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I can't do that. I need to move back home. I have nowhere to live. Right. So, I, uh, so I got the hell out of Jacksonville and went back. To my parents' house, it's like now. Which is don't. always fun right after college. It's great. Girls love it. Oh, so yeah. i want to get back to my parents' Clark house. is married now, so I'm married now. I'm assuming though. you
0: eventually moved out.
1: I eventually moved out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, and then. The, I want to say, and you always like remember things like a little more epically than they really happen. So in my mind, I got out of Jacksonville, got home. What am I gonna do? Like sitting in a um, uh, like a email to a magazine out of Orlando can I get a job, we just hired somebody in my mind it was the next day but it was probably like a week and a half later I get an email from a, a band merchandising company, one of the biggest in the world saying hey uh, we saw you did this thing, can you do some shirts for us um, So my first, I would say, I don't know where it counts, but first time freelancing without having school or something kind of behind me Mm -hmm. or beside me uh, would have been 2006. So I was doing uh, freelance full-time. Like, there wasn't any kind of anything in my way. So I was doing band shirts pretty much full-time for about three years, I want to say. But I was doing it part-time before, so.
0: Gotcha. So what did you end up doing after the... uh Band shirt, uh, gig poster, freelance deal.
1: Yeah, well, uh, so I did that hustle, which you know, back back when I was doing that, this in like 2000, you know, for when I first started, 2003, 2004, I guess, um, when I was getting paid to do band shirts. I could I could throw I could uh, like there was I I could name on my hands like the the other designers that were really doing it full okay. time you know now I'm friends with them and stuff but now I could throw a rock and and hit like five people who just designed a band shirt yesterday you know what mm-hmm. I mean so like it, it, not not to sound like cooler than whatever back then it just wasn't as much of a saturated market form. yeah as far as like the, the the big the big bands go like the touring bands and like the the bands in Hot Topic and stuff so. Thank <laughs> you. In a real short amount of time, there was a website that came out. I think it's called an Empties, mm-hmm. and it was uh, you know gig posters, but for for band T-shirts, and it went crazy, you know. So it it, it became an industry, like almost overnight. Yeah. You know, there was a, a million designers downloading Photoshop and like putting stuff together, and like a year they got really good. So it drove the put prices up and got a little weird. <laughs> and all along the way, I, I was working for. For this guy, a t-shirt company called Johnny Cupcakes, which mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of you guys know who that is. But if you don't, it's a t-shirt company based in in Boston, um, independently owned and and operated. And we made t-shirts with with cupcakes on them, basically, in pop culture <laughs> scenarios. So I, I started that in 2003 and was doing that, you know, in kind of a like a pretty steady, steady way. When I graduated, I was uh, I kind of faded off a little more because the band shirt thing got crazy. Mm-hmm. So I eventually, started getting calls like like, why aren't you doing as many t-shirts from yeah you know, from Johnny? And uh, I was like, well, wh- what do you want to do? He's like, I want to hire you. So he hired me. This would have been 2000. <sighs> I wanna say seven or two thousand eight? I forget. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I, I worked for him full time for about two, two and a half years doing doing the cupcake thing. Okay. So so yeah. So you were there two and a half years, full time,
0: full so. time, and then I know you've done a bunch of freelance stuff for him, kind of on a contract basis, right? Since yeah. then as well. So,
1: so I quit. I mean, the the long the long story short is, you know, when you're working for an independent company and you're the sole designers, and hopefully or maybe some some of the people in this room can can relate, um, if it's just you on the design team, you're hustling hard because it's just you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's it's really difficult to teach someone the brand or teach them the, the tips and tricks and whatever. Right. And it wasn't easy to just, you know, hire someone, you know, straight away to kinda to kinda of, kind of come alongside me and, and I don't really know if they had the budget to do it. So I was cranking like you know, long nights, just just really putting it in, and like I got to a point where I was like, I can't, like I literally can't do this anymore. I've not I've not gone, you know, on a vacation or anything for like several years, and and really kind of gotten away from this. So, so I got burnt out, so I quit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, sorry man, but I can't do this anymore. So that allowed me to hire a new designer, which is Chris De Lorenzo, who's a phenomenal illustrator and designer. Okay, um, he he took over the the reins and has just been killing it um since he recently left but you know he he if anybody could have come in and filled my shoes he did it but i came alongside him and and worked on a freelance like a dedicated freelance role um for about till so about 2013 so it went from 2010 I want to say to 2013 it was dedicated freelance which is cr- which is crazy to quit and be like but also work for you <laughs> you know what I mean it's, kind it's of, also
0: crazy that he let you do that that generally doesn't
1: yeah. happen yeah I know I mean it, it was cool he, he totally got it he's, yeah. he's a very understanding guy so yeah it's, it's crazy looking back and like seeing people with their shirts on or like you know you go to Disney you see like five of them for whatever reason but it's just a big part of my. Like it's kind of like my baby, you know, it's looking back. Yeah.
0: Well, you've done a bunch of other, you know, kind of brand design stuff for like Benny Good and the hundreds and things like that. Did that all kind of spawn off of? Getting known through Johnny cupcakes, or was that kind of happening at the same time
1: yeah you know it's it's a it's a big industry but it's kind of small as far as kind of the the people that are you know starting these brands and the designers at them so you get to know like the designer for the hundreds who's Benji Escobar another uh, fantastic illustrator and designer um, Benny Gold, who, you know, he started his brand and he was the, the designer of it. So you, you really start connecting on those levels and then you go to a, you know, some function or event or party or something and then you meet, like, this guy, you know, the guy that started the hundreds. Yeah, It's like, hey, what? you know, it's like, oh, I'm a big fan of yours. It's like, how do you know who I am? You know, whatever, but it's, it's such a small world that it's kind of easy to, to like, meet the right people. So,
0: yeah. So, yeah. so you do that, you know, you're freelancing, And you've got all these side projects that, you know, we're kind of seeing some here that I imagine most of them are not client projects. So how are you balancing your life between personal projects and... um, you know your freelance career of actually making money.
1: Yeah, no, it's difficult. I mean, the at the end of the day, you're going to do what pays the bills. You know, whether it's you know doing something you know awesome logo project, which isn't all the time, or doing like. <laughs> you know a a product brochure you know you you feel like you've you've done this
0: everything you've worked on for clients has not been the best thing in the world it's crazy you'd be surprised right how does that Um,
1: happen you know well the thing like the thing is we the best thing that any designer you know can do or any creative can do is talk to someone else in the industry about what they got going on because it's not you talk to anybody in the vendor booth it's not you know amazing jobs and amazing budgets all the time it's it's rarely ever that all the time and if they tell you that they're probably blowing smoke up your ass but like <laughs> yeah, the deal is Start watching
0: out for a lot of red flags
1: yeah I mean the deal is like I've been doing this for what like 15 years or something like that and like I just got done doing a brochure that I didn't want to do because it's part of a, a branding campaign and I probably could have you know sourced that out to somebody else or whatever but you're, you're often doing a lot of like you know my friend calls it digging ditches you're just doing <laughs> you know production work whether you want to do it or not right um, yeah, that goes with any any part of of the the process. But as far as the personal stuff, I, I kind of got to a point where. Uh, you know, people would always ask me, when are you starting your t-shirt brand, when are you starting your whatever, and it's like, I don't know what I have to offer, and I know how difficult that is, it's, it's the opposite of easy, you know, and it's not instant either, so I was like, I I don't need to do that, like, I have enough, I have enough brands that, that are paying me to do whatever the hell I want, you know, on, on kind of a bigger level, so like, why do I need to, you know, start my own brand, and then, you know, I get invited to, to do a gallery show in, in LA, and, and it takes off, and I'm like shit now nah, I can I can sell a lot of posters now I think. Yeah. You know, which is you know easier said than done. But the the deal was here's a deadline make some shit for it so like creative south like you know here's a deadline i I got asked to do this like you know one of my friends backed out i was like hey can you you know jump in i'm like hell yeah i'll jump in you know but part of that is like i'm in my garage for like three days straight cranking out a brand new poster and some pennants and like you know half the stuff you see out there or not like 90 percent of the stuff you see out there you know didn't exist three weeks ago didn't exist three weeks i mean some of it but like it was designs did but the physical (laughs) yeah it did wasn't printed yet I mean some of the designs weren't weren't done yet it was just it's just cranking so the the best answer I can say is the reason I do all of this stuff is I say yes to an event and it's a deadline to get something done so it's all deadline based I, I rarely ever do something just for the fun of it it's like oh you got a comic book convention you're setting up with setting up at okay here's five new posters like get the cranking so yeah
0: so do you use that as your motivation
1: it, no it totally is because you know like I was saying if, if you're if you're working you're you're trying to make money you're you're rarely at a place where you're content and you' You know your bank account's like content. You're like, okay, I, I can do whatever I want now. No, like I, I have this bill coming up, and if not, I'm saving up for whatever else—a house or a kid or a car, whatever you need. But like, all of the above. yeah, all of the above. Um, but it's rarely ever I have. I have so much free time to do whatever and I have other interests too so it's not like I want to spend all my time designing you know like I'm not like I don't want to only be you know a, a designer you know what I mean so how dare you want to be a well-rounded person it, oh, thank yeah, I know
0: it, can you believe it where is your dedication I don't know <laughs>
1: so well let's talk
0: about some of those other interests then Oh, let's do it what, what are your other interests
1: uh, talking in front of people on a podcast believe it or not so awesome. thank you uh, actually, no. That, that's actually a segue because me, me and a friend had we had an '80s pop culture podcast for a while. We live in different cities, and so it's a little little tough to, to kind of make it work. But we're bringing it back, baby. Origins of Rad. Check it out. Woo-hoo. I literally paid that guy to woohoo for. It. <laughs> he's a, he's a sponsor. <laughs> ha- HalftoneDeafStudios.com.
0: Thank, thanks, Tom, Tron and Kendrick.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, so it was an interest. I'm you know I'm a collector. I, I I hoard stuff and then like organize it in a cool old little cabinet like an idiot. But um, I have so much inspiration in my room. Now, when you I'm say not, organize it. a little
0: cabinet, is it like little curios?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I have a curio. It's got all my like vinyl. Like I collect like Japanese vinyl toys awesome. and like like old uh, wind up tin toy like Japanese. Wind up ten toys and stuff. Very cool. So I got all that stuff, and you know, I just buy buy dumb stuff. And that's the thing is like, a lot of designers are li- like us. Uh, Paul Rand had some crazy quote about like, to be a designer is is to be a, like a hoarder basically, because you you need inspiration in your life to thrive. You know, essentially. Yeah.
0: On the next episode of Hoarders.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. If you organize it, you're not a hoarder. I keep telling myself that. So, that's <laughs> wild. but you know, I got like my, you know, my pin drawer, my patches, and you know, labels and booklets and whatever. And so, when I get a, a project, hey, can you do some pins for me? You know, just pull it out and like pull like five of them out and just look at them and probably you know just zone out looking at these things for for a few minutes and then get started to get started. So. Well,
0: we'll yeah. have to talk after this because I need help with the organization. I'm just at the hoarder level.
1: Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, I mean, you can go to like IKEA or like where, like Target, Walmart, whatever, and get like these little like organizational things. Uh-huh. But I always hold out for like these crazy like metal things that I can have forever. But I get them and they're all rusty, and I have to clean them up, and it takes like two days to do, but it's worth it. So it your other super side, cool.
0: your other hobby is sandblasting things.
1: So yeah, so <laughs> you'd be surprised. Uh, my, no, I, I actually do like to to build stuff. So okay. I, you know, mess around with woodworking and um, like kind of repurposing things. <laughs> not in like a, a crazy like crafty way, but like trying to to really like reconstruct. So like, so you're you not know. going
0: on Pinterest and figuring out what you can build out of pallets and leftover tinfoil.
1: No, I mean, that, no. That's the thing is like that like that kind of <laughs> culture, whatever that's called, like upcycling. That's kind of a reverse thing where you have this concept and work backwards. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we'll go out driving, you know, to find some crazy antique store or thrift store and find some, you Know, awesome metal cabinet that's just like beat up and gross, and then I'll cut it apart and then build some pieces together. So that's cool. That's where, that's where my weekends try to go if I'm not, you know, having to work. Or uh, me and my wife like to just get out of town and go find new stuff around Florida. There's a lot of cool stuff in Florida, so a lot of interesting stuff in Florida, yeah. So
0: <laughs> especially the closer you get to the panhandle,
1: yeah. You're talking about people now or things, okay. <laughs> No comment. I live way too close to the Panhandle. (laughs) It's from Mobile. Yeah.
0: uh, Yeah, Panhandle of Florida is um, East uh, Alabama and South Georgia, all wrapped into one. So a a special type of redneck grows there.
1: Yeah, it's not... (laughs) It's not Central Florida, and it certainly ain't South Florida, so no, I, I don't South know. Jordan. I don't know if
0: any of you have ever heard of the uh, Twitter feed, uh, Florida Man, but if you haven't, go check
1: it out. It's it's glorious. It's my dad. He's just, oh, shit.
0: <laughs>
1: did y'all see that? Okay, cool. Don't pay attention. Here's some cans I did. I'm just going to start narrating this stuff. You narrate. Right? I'll talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, you know, kind of t- going back to the uh, Origins of Rad podcast, how did you get so obsessed with the 80s? Because oh. you were born in the mid-80s.
1: Yeah, 1984. Okay, here's my spiel. Because everybody always asks, any 80s babies in here? I'll do it. I'll, yeah. I will I will grab his mic and do an Origins of Rad in here right now. <laughs> you no. got your own mic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when, when were you born? Uh, button. <laughs> cool. Button. Almost ten years before you. <laughs> okay. So, well, here's the thing. I uh, so I grew up. I was born in 1984, and internet was like new, budding, and didn't really come around till whatever. It wasn't like a you know a thing everybody had till the mid to late 90s. So, mm-hmm.
0: when did you get your first AOL coaster?
1: Ooh, I don't know, man, coaster. I don't know, like mid mid late 90s, I guess. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, the point being things things are so passive now like everybody in here just you know listen to a, a band that they're sick of unless it's Taylor Swift i'm sure you know they're like you listen to you bought the cd and then you're like over it the next week you're like what's the next cd what's the next right. cd so culture is so much more like passive now whereas um you know in the 80s and 90s things stuck around for a long time ecto cooler from high c stuck around till like maybe a year ago now uh, till like you know it's going
0: to be coming back in the fall
1: oh i'm sure yeah yeah it, it, it probably is for the for the Ghostbuster. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, point being like. Things that you know, like the things that inspire me, you know, now and back then, Goonies, you know, Gremlins, Ghostbusters—all these, these, these awesome things. Those, those things were still around for a while, you know, like. Hey, Goonies!
0: Every Saturday on TBS, you can still watch it.
1: Yeah, but if you're legit, you just get the DVD and play it on the background. So. Oh, I, I have that too. <laughs> commercial, commercial-free. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're like, I play that next to it and see which one wins. I, I see where they edit up things yeah, yeah. That. the octopus scene you know what I'm talking about uh-huh. yeah all right listen to my podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we'll have you on so uh, yeah so all I say I thought about this maybe like four years ago looking back on design I realized that I would go and I would go into the toy section of a toy store in the, the 80s and 90s and I would look at Ghostbusters packaging I'd be skimming no that teenage Mutant industry was awesome Ghostbusters awesome you know all these 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 rad things micro machines whatever and I would look at the packaging and the toy and I'd look at it front and back front and back front and back and then like a friend would be with me and they would just be like, "I'll buy it and then rip it to shreds." And I'm, i have the UPC code with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on this, you know, his mug next to it. Uh-huh. So I'm like so looking back on it, I appreciated packaging design as like an idiot 7-year-old, you know what I mean? And now that's what I do for a living. So it starts to make a lot more sense. So like I think a lot of that has to do with how epic things were in the 80s and how like over the top and just you know kind of outlandish things were the colors were crazy you know the style yeah. the layouts everything like was airbrushed like and with real yeah exactly so uh, I, I maybe I can't put my finger on it but it's just it's kind of ingrained and, and I just remember it's very nostalgic for me mm-hmm. um, but I the only thing I can say is I think when I was younger I appreciated graphics but didn't come to realize it till I was in high school oh that's so, yeah. awesome
0: so you know you've also had the opportunity to work with a lot of cool bands yes why don't you uh, talk about what's your favorite and least favorite oh uh,
1: <laughs> let's talk about who's the worst one B- and trash talk the main B- Project okay well I will say this <laughs> this, is, this is a notable one um, the first job I got right out, of, right, right out of college when I came home and they were like hey can you work on stuff is three bands uh huh you ready for it? Hooba <laughs> <Huba> Stank, <laughs> um, I want to say, and a little band called Nirvana. Heard of them? Um, yeah, exactly. So I was I was stoked to do one of those bands and, and uh, pick one. Yeah. So um, so I did this design and then just kind of forgot about it. They picked like three designs, kind of forgot about it. And three years ago, my neighbor. Um, Uh, came by my office. She was downtown. She's like, I want to come see your office. I was like, yeah, come by. And she came in and she was wearing the Nirvana shirt from like eight years before I was like where did you get that she's like oh I got it at, uh, at H&M they, mm-hmm. they had some special like band thing or whatever so this design I did forever ago that I forgot about you know just recently got got printed which was kind of funny so that that's notable um, I would say uh, there's a lot of kind of dream bands that I would love to do artwork for but they're bands that a lot of people haven't heard of or don't care about it's just like a personal thing um Got to do some stuff for Metallica, which was cool. Um, they they picked one of them, and I don't even think they used it. Uh, probably my favorite one that I got to do stuff for was Dragon Force. So cool. I mean, kind of. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love Dragon Force. So. Um,
0: well, just jumping into random stuff. We talked about comics a little bit earlier, and how that kind yes. of got you into art. What are the uh, what are your favorite comics?
1: Okay, I'm I'm more into like Image lately, and I, I haven't kept up for a while. About a year ago, I was like crazy about it. I collect a lot of. Um like, Harvey comics, like vintage Harvey comics. So, like, uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost and Hot Stuff. Um, mainly for covers, just because I'm weird about that. Uh, but then I'll get into to some random weird stuff, like indie, some indie comics. Um, did some stuff for this one called... Uh, Burn the Orphanage, which sounds way crazy, but it's it's pretty cool. It's like a Street Fighter kind of thing where this guy avenges an orphanage. Uh-huh. So I got really into that. Um, I'm into this one that sounds really terrible, and I hate saying it, but it's awesome. It's called Sex Crimes, and it's about this couple that can freeze time while they're making love, and then <laughs> uh, like interact with the world, like when Zach Morris goes like time out, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm
0: just trying to figure the
1: mechanics of that out. Don't. How do you commit a crime don't it? in
0: the...
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we'll leave that at that. But it's an image I don't it's, need. It's really well written. This dude, Matt, Matt Fraction, uh-huh. um, writes it. So I, I've been more into like indie comics okay. and then... Really weird like magazine covers uh, I've been really into the Harvey comic stuff, and then um, Ripley 's believe it or not did a really cool mystery um, kind of uh, like series where they would do you know a few few different stories, so a lot of kind of horror like pulp stuff, uh, but mainly for the for the covers so
0: cool, so yeah, so what is um the thing you're most excited to start working on when you get back to the real world?
1: Yeah, to the real world. Uh, I'm glad you Uh, (laughs) asked. Me and my wife are starting a a new brand and we're in Mm -hmm. the design phase of it now. It's called Hellcats Inc. And it's it's a lot of kind of what we do now. Um, I do a lot of kind of the pop culture stuff. So starting to move away from that and doing uh, more accessories and like... uh, home goods and decor. Uh, a lot of my stuff now is very, like, I'd say masculine or maybe even unisex. And I really really do anything that's, like, kind of feminine and um, kind of soft. Uh-huh. So we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Um, my wife's super, like, talented and creative. She um, has her own shop where she sh- sells vintage um, and handmade goods online. So she's the creative director, and I'm the designer. So she gives me, like, tons of killer ideas <laughs> that I just knock out. So we're in the design phases of it right now um and then we're going to be doing a Kickstarter here soon um, to raise some funds, but we're just like we're super stoked, and it's like kind of an, uh, a little new direction for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the vibe is like tough and fun, which is very much us. My wife's like tough and fun, and I'm nerdy and fun. So she's she's the tough part. I you know I I try and be tough, but I'm super sensitive. So <laughs> it's, yeah, like um, you're it's, in a room full
0: of people who are artists in some form or fashion, aren't we all?
1: <laughs> that we could all cry like really easily, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll just put a Hallmark out.
0: commercial on and you'll hear a like, yeah, lot of oh, sobbing, geez,
1: dude. Um, that's why I don't watch Nicholas Sparks movies. But anyway, um, that's why you don't I... watch them. <laughs> yes
0: um,
1: so anyway it's called Hellcat Inc we're on the Instagrams um, it's going to be super fun and it's going to be uh, right now I, I, it's very difficult to, to, to um, put my name or my brand Clark or Design Company on whatever sure because it, it, it almost doesn't really make sense on, on certain stuff so I don't do certain stuff um, so her and I have been kicking around a lot of just like fun ideas like why don't we do it and it wouldn't work under under my brand and it wouldn't work under Good Company Co which is hers uh-huh. it, it would just, like, fall somewhere in between. So the in-between is, like, this concept that, we, that we've been kicking around for a while. So it's it's actually happening, and it's going to be, like, it's going to be so fun. I'm, I'm stoked, so
0: when your dreams and her dreams come together it's a magical place
1: yeah i mean well, it's funny is like looking at the stuff it's a bl- like it's you put us in a blender don't put us in a blender because that's crazy but like if you put like <laughs> our, if you put our vibes in a blender it, it's totally that so it, feel, it feels like really authentic and like fre- like like new and, and fresh to to kind of like what what we're um going for so i'm i'm excited so yeah
0: cool well we've got a few minutes left so i'm Took a few questions from Twitter and some I didn't get to. Sorry, Zach. You can ask them in a second. Yeah. So the first question is from Brian Yon and he wants to know what the pivotal point of your career has been to this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the quick and easy answer is meeting Johnny cupcakes. i mean, he was, he was in a band at the time and uh, he was doing, uh, he was, he was touring Florida and I was doing concert, designing concert posters for the club that he was playing at. He saw sure. the poster I did and said, man, that's awesome. Uh, told the promoter to get us in touch and he had just started his brand or started really like going forward with it. And we started working ever since. So that was very pivotal and really random and lucky. And, you know, we, we built from that. It's still like pretty small when we started, but, Mm -hmm. um, that was really pivotal, you know, honestly coming to to things like these and not even so much in a, uh, Success sense, or like getting jobs, like meeting some of the people. Like, I've I've got to know some some people who are like names and faces, and like you know Instagram handles and stuff who are like Uh the nicest, sweetest, most talented people. It's like coming to things like these and getting to hear their stories and like. So I would say turning point is like putting myself out there because for a long time I didn't really put myself out there, put my work online. I just want to be in the background of Johnny Cupcakes and stuff. So when I really started, you know, like, contacting designers and creatives, I mean, like, I like what you do. Mm-hmm. I know you're around. Maybe we should, like, you know, go grab a drink or, or whatever. And now they're, like, some of my closest friends. So it's it's just a real cool, tight, tight-knit tight community, the design community. And every, now and there's, every now and then there's some assholes. But, like, for the most part, there's, like, just some authentic, like, cool people who are, like, just down to talk about what they love so it's really inspiring so
0: yeah Okay. the second question is and I know you've seen this is from Joshua Ariza yeah. how do you get your oh beard game so strong yeah.
1: <laughs> Joshua is ridiculous he's funny I, he's super talented and I love that dude and I just had to tell him my beard game's not that strong It's I trimmed it the other day so I don't know
0: you know, that's I, a, that's I can't. Not, I, was like,
1: I can't even grow a beard. I just look like yeah. I have mange. Yeah, so. that's what it is. I was hoping he'd ask a design question because I I love his design work so much. Yeah. but he'll ask me online or something like that or text me. But yeah, what else? Uh, Heba wanted to know what's the story behind your logo. Oh yeah, she came by and, and asked. She's talking about like my like icon logo that you saw from the top. There's nothing much to it. I would say a, a lot of my assets and designs that, that I that I use are things that I had to get something done quick. I, I, a few years ago I um, didn't have any business cards. I wanted to collect like wooden nickels, so I wanted to do a uh-huh. wooden nickel. So I needed something to fit in a circle um, that was like a cool little lockup. So I would collect all these things that look like cigar labels or um, you know hens that have these cool little lock-up, like, swirly things, and I was like, I can do that with CoDco or CODC, so um, I did that. There's not, there's not a cool story to it, other than it had to fit in a circle for their wooden nickel. Um, people keep asking me about my creature guy, which, you know, I have over at my booth, and they showed on there. Um, I, there's not a cool story to that either, other than I grew up loving mascots and, uh-huh. and um, grew up in a, a big sports family. Uh, so I, I we had a little book of mascots that I would just like go through and think was so cool. There you go. That was the, yeah, the lockup the logo. Lock-up. Um, so the, uh, the creature, dude, I, I love, love monsters. I collect monsters. And uh, the Gill Man, the, the creature, is my favorite universal monster. And I just love mascots, and I want to give myself a mascot. So I thought, what could I do? Creature, and I literally I just drew it out, and I had to, there we go. I just needed to do a sticker um, for a convention, so I just. Pumped it out and now I use it all the time. So honestly, those things are like things I do in like an afternoon, and I I fall in love with, and I'm like I can replicate this or like, you know, this is like my personality kind of kind of in one. So
0: gotcha. That's one of my favorites. Thanks. So I'm gonna turn it over to the audience. If you all have any questions, and Zach since, goes for Zach. since I know Zach had questions, and I did not check Twitter right before I stepped out here, uh, you're first. So what do you wanna ask? Actually, I actually have two questions. Yeah. Um, one, how can I make my design more punk rock? Yeah. More heavy metal? And two, would you rather fight a hundred chicken sized horses or one
1: horse sized chicken? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me something unique. Um, Which one do you want me to answer first? It's up to you, bro. Okay. A, I can't teach you how to be punk rock. You just are. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm the least punk rock metal dude. I may, like, look like it, but I'm a poser.
0: As evident uh, by the Nicholas Sparks comment?
1: Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I've never seen one of them, but we listen to this podcast You're better on, the way, off. on the way up about Safe Harbor, and there's, like, a crazy twist, but now I don't need to see it because I know. But... All right, so how can you make? Yeah, people have asked me like um, how the edginess works in my design, because I would say a lot of my design works like edgy, whatever that means. But um, yeah, I think that's just part of my personality and really like what my inspirations are. You know, you look at heavy metal covers and like punk covers and you know posters and all these things, and it really just kind of kind of bleeds into my aesthetic. Back when I was trying to discover my voice and style, I had to think about things like what like what am I going to do with the line weights and what am I I going to do, like, visually, or, you know, what what are the, the elements that I'm going to, or the subject matter I'm going to design, and it's all stuff I've, I've been into, so, like, skulls and, like, you know, like, swords and, you know, death-looking, so like, the reaper, you know, and the, the creature, so all those things are already edgy. And then my aesthetic, I would say, um, lends itself to to going that way. So I get a lot of like sharp lines and angles, and it's already like kind of like jarring. And I I, I try to do, use a lot of movement in my work, and, and that kind of kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, horse-sized chickens, chicken-sized, yo, yeah, I could I could murder a hundred chicken-sized horses easy, dude. Come on.
0: But would they be as delicious as a? Horse-sized chicken. Touche.
1: So yeah, that's my that's my answer. I'm, no, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? There's one over there.
0: Oh, I'm coming.
1: Just throw it at him. To them.
0: Who was raising their hand? Oh, Dave. Hey guys.
1: it was so cool to see your work and hear you talk um, I feel as though you've got so much work you've got a huge body of work like I feel like we barely had to loop that presentation because there was so much and it looks to me like you're there's so much because you're not held back by whether it's you know fear of failure or whatever it might be because um, I feel like me and I guess a lot of other people probably feel like that's a bit of a thing sometimes like you're scared to do a lot of work that you really want to do because there's a fear of not, it not being as good as the next person or whatever and um, so do you feel like there's a reason for that or is it not? Is it not as simple as a reply to a question? It's a bit more of a conversation. No, no, yeah. I think I think those those are two separate things to me. Um, as far as like body of work, I just I got really fast. I would say because I've worked alongside uh, a number of designers before, and I, I just feel like I'm really fast, or they're really slow. But it's probably more so I'm fast, and a lot of that had to do with working at Johnny Cupcakes. It's like we need to create this new like line sheet in a really short amount of time, and then I have to design the line sheet and then I have to keep up with all the graphics on the website and all the products and all these things and it really um, was out of necessity. So I'd say that that's kind of its own thing and it may work into the fear of failure or the lack of fear of failure. Um, A lot of that and maybe this is like a cop out answer is I whether it's good or bad I have a pretty low view of, of my work so I don't care enough to care what other other people think because I don't care as much about it myself so when other people love it or like it it's like cherries on top dude I'm like you love awesome cool thanks for buying my stuff you know so I I think a lot of it is like not being so hard on yourself um and just like let like doing this whether someone cares about it or not um and I don't even know if that's necessarily why I do it other than I'm I'm just going to release it and if they like it that's awesome, and if, if they don't, I can't I can't help it. But I'm not I'm not gonna really like let it you know bring me down. So was that was that uh, helpful? Okay, cool.
0: Okay, there was somebody else raising their hand out there, and I couldn't see because of these. So who was it? I see you trying to put your hand up back there. I didn't a question. I don't want You're the only one I can see at the moment. So go ahead. I
1: it is because of the art. Everyone else is my son had our league
0: records. And to this day, that's like my favorite part ever. So I'm wondering, is there a
1: Oh, that's good. So the the um, yeah. question,
0: so they can hear it up there. The question was: Is he's a huge fan of metal? Is there a particular album art that stuck out to Clark?
1: Yeah, I just did this show about a year ago, and we, we had to pick like one of our favorite album covers to like reinterpret. I wish I had it up here, um, but it's Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here," which is the the Burning Man um, shaking the, the record producer's hand. It's just so star is um, Storm Thorgerson's uh, artwork. He went on to do a lot of stuff for like you know for Pink Floyd and, and um, Muse and a ton, ton of others. That's one of my favorites as far as like metal and stuff. Um, I uh, I don't know. Probably "Art of Partying" by Municipal Waste. It's a, the guy that I, I'm, blank, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he did all the um, album covers for like Iron Maiden and like created Eddie from Iron Maiden. So that's one of my favorite. And it's this dude like this like zombie like puking into like a like a toxic waste um, keg. It's pretty cool. All right, we got anybody one. hungry? <laughs> Jesus.
0: Just in time for lunch. Uh, we've got time for one more question. Anybody? Uh, the one right there. Where? Where? Oh, I'm coming. I'm
1: pretty Hey, uh, you had mentioned that you don't really care too much about your work sometimes or that, you know, you... Just put it out there for anybody. You know, it doesn't make a difference to you, but I have a problem personally that I tend to take things very personal, and that I get really partial to certain projects that I'm working on for whatever reason. How how do you stay impartial to your work? Yeah, that's that's one of the toughest things, honestly, because you're getting paid to do this work, and sometimes it has to do with budget. If if someone you know comes to me to, to work on a project and it's a low budget, and they're not trying to hear my ideas then they're not going to get 100% of Clark because they're not asking for it so like at a certain point it's like I'm, I'm going to do what you're asking but you're not you know you're not paying me to, to listen to me so like there's there's a certain point to be like and the thing that, that I said before about like you know having a problem with, with liking my work or not liking my work but being confident is like I try it's more so I try not to be overly confident because maybe I don't I like the idea of, of being more humble, I guess. So part of that is not thinking my work's the shit. So you have to balance that with, like, being confident. And like, I want to show other people this work. Um, but also, like... To 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 your point, sometimes like you can only give so much, and like there is a cutoff point. If we had all the time in the world to work on one project, we would never finish it. But you have to get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm only getting paid to care this much, and or the reverse is like, I'm not getting paid, but this is a personal project to me, and I want it to be the best that I can. And that's kind of where it comes back into like, um, if I if I care more about what people think about this and what I do, someone doesn't like. Yeah, I'm gonna be really hurt because I'm really sensitive. So I, it's like a defense mechanism, honestly. So, um, so yeah, was that helpful? Does that, that make sense? Okay, cool. And uh, I'm sorry about the vendor booth. I'd love to, you know, chat and see what you guys are working on. Um, say hi, you know, meet new people. So that's what this is all about. So,
0: and if you want to see more of Clark's stuff, we can find you where online
1: on Clarkor.com or Clarkor Design Co. The first one shorter. So, but yeah, thanks for having me. This is this is great. We. we we just recently met, and thanks for being here. You guys are great, so appreciate you're welcome.
0: It. Thanks, Clark. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, and if you want to listen to uh, more Creative South podcasts, go to creativesouthga. Cool. for tuning in this week you can find more of clark's work at ClarkOr.com or follow him on dribble and twitter at clark Gore. you can keep up with the podcast and creative south on twitter and instagram at creative south ga or over at creativesouthga.com and i'm jay frostholm on dribble twitter and instagram and if you like the creative south podcast head over to itunes or stitcher rate us and leave a review this helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests now go out and hug some nats